0: All right. Well, Jessica, thank you so much uh, for joining us. As we start, can you maybe um, talk a little bit about um, your current role and what's in your purview?
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, I am the vice president of growth marketing at Zimperium, which is a mobile security company that's headquartered in Dallas, Texas. Um, and as the head of growth marketing, I own a digital marketing, demand gen, website, social, um, partner marketing, customer marketing, and events. Um, so a decent chunk of the marketing organization. Yep. Awesome. Well, it's, yeah, it's a big, it's a
0: big area. I um, cybersecurity marketing, I think in general is is just. Because obscurity is growing, I think marketing is growing as well. Can you maybe give us a sense of how did you get into this space? What's, uh, we, we now know that kind of the data point, we now want to see the arc of uh, uh, what yeah. other, how did <laughs> you get in and what are some of the roles that kind of led you to where you are right now?
1: Yeah, you bet. Um, I'm kind of a funny one because I actually started my entire career in internal communications and sales communications, uh, which is not exactly everybody's path. Um, But I started out doing internal comms. I ended up at Oracle um, after a few years of doing internal comms, sales comms at an agency environment that I ended up in-house at Oracle. Um, and then from Oracle, it was really a geographic move that took me to Orange County from the Bay Area where I'm from originally. Um, and in Orange County, I you know, found out about this company, Silence, that was an endpoint security, seemed to be kind of a big deal. It seemed like an interesting opportunity. They had an opening for a head of internal comms and sales comms. And so that's how I landed at Silence. Um, I started out doing internal comms for our head of HR Vienna, mm-hmm. and then I was doing sales comms for Nick Warner, who is now over at Sentinel One. Um and you know, what happened was at Oracle, I had kind of worked in the sales comms function in North America, but I ended up transitioning into the events team. And because I worked so closely with so many executives um, working on their content, their presentations for our events, I ended up really kind of transitioning into a sort of a content strategy role while I was at Oracle. Um, and then when there was a change up in the marketing leadership at Silence shortly after I started... And um, they saw that I had content strategy experience mm-hmm. and they asked me if I would go ahead and tackle the content strategy at silence, because what was awesome at silence was we had an incredible team of really, really knowledgeable people who are producing just tons and tons of volume of great content, mm-hmm. but there was no underpinning strategy. There was no taxonomy. There was no sort of inventory management or systems to standardize the workflows on that. And so I was able to implement a system where we did create a taxonomy, a tagging system, surface content, be able to use it really, really strategically, and it kind of all just snowballed from there. So um, yeah, at Silence, I ended up owning content strategy. Then I ended up owning sort of demand gen from there based on the success of owning content strategy. And then I you know, was doing that relatively successfully. And then when BlackBerry acquired Silence, um, I was doing that as well for the entire Silence business unit as part of BlackBerry.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Very interesting. Yeah. Right? Um, well, again, kind of continue this thread that uh, cybersecurity is a, is an, as an f- industry is growing. I think it, it kind of draws a lot of attention um, and kind of marketers who are in technology space, or maybe even um, kind of more junior professionals, or even maybe uh, more upstream of that. I mean, students as they're looking to make a career and, and they want to pick up an industry. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so many things to do. I mean, so many kind of tacks that could, that could explore so many, so many different pathways, but from kind of your vantage point, what would you recommend someone who's maybe just starting out or maybe a little bit more junior? Um, what, what should they spend their time on? What, what would kind of define their career success? Uh, if if they focus, is it, is it networking? Is it trying different things? Is it, is it sticking with a company on a high growth trajectory? What, what would be your advice for someone who's just kind of, uh, looking out to make a career in cybersecurity marketing?
1: Yeah. So, a few things. Um, I would say, you know, a lot of cybersecurity marketing, unless you're working for, you know, infrastructure necessarily, it, it's really kind of B2B SaaS, right? And mm-hmm. so, there's a lot of transferable skills and knowledge in any B2B SaaS company when you're trying to make a move into cybersecurity. So, I would start there and just say, don't freak out. It's not an entirely different beast. In essence, you know, these are mostly B2B SaaS companies. So any knowledge that you have that you've developed as a result of a B2B SaaS marketing experience or career so far is going to be largely transferable into a cybersecurity environment. Now that said, there are some you know, different aspects and nuances to cybersecurity marketing where if you have a threat research team or a threat intelligence team, you have just this incredibly expanded ability to produce really, really great content and also a need to sort of harness those abilities or if you're doing any sort of security testing or working closely hand in hand with the analyst that's a little bit more you know specific obviously or you know if you're working in customer marketing security customers as we all know and we face on a daily basis can be a very difficult beast to work with when you're trying to you know, get logos on sites, get case studies, etc. So there are, of course, nuances. Um, I would say I'm going to put in a plug for the cybersecurity marketing society, there is this amazing um, community of professionals who all work in cybersecurity Mm -hmm. marketing, and we have a Slack community, there's events, but um, it's a great place to start to, you know, get your foot in the door, start to understand what some of the nuances are, read and experience other people's expertise and advice on some of the very targeted channels about kind of what you're trying to learn. But, you know, do your thing. And, and because we're all so specialized in marketing these days, whether you're product marketing, digital marketing, continue to do that thing and just figure out what the nuances are about cybersecurity, whether it's from the content angle, as I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, it's it from the events angle? What are the major trade shows? If you work in events marketing or if it's customers, start to do the research specifically on what some of the major cybersecurity companies are doing, what they're producing, what the the platforms and the tools are that they're using so that you can understand Exactly, what the tools the tool set is going to be that's going to work in cybersecurity,
0: certainly. And actually, this uh, the cybersecurity market that you mentioned, I think there's an event coming up in um, in, the... in November, yeah, yes,
1: yeah. yeah, on the east coast. And I'm very sad I'm going to miss it this year, but um, yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible group of people who are all just looking to support one another and learn from each other about what's working, what's not working in cybersecurity, certainly.
0: absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, you mentioned some of the areas you're responsible for, uh demand generation, events, uh, digital, what's what's working for, it, it seems like things are, it's it's always a moving target. One year, mm-hmm. it's all about inbound, then next year, oh, yeah. inbound is awesome, but conversion is 0.001%. So, oh, it's yeah. about events. Oh, there's, yep. oh, it's about webinars. So it seems like there's kind of, uh, maybe it's a, on the one side, it could be like a shiny penny, uh, shiny penny syndrome. You're always kind of looking for something new, but what is of working course. now? What's, what's, what's kind of producing, which, uh, enabling you to tell the story, um, mm-hmm. get to the uh, top of the list for consideration for cybersecurity professionals, your kind of potential clients, and what's, uh, what makes you successful in your role, um, whether it's a tech stack or strategy or a specific area uh what's working for you
1: now yeah um i'd say there's kind of three different areas in the sort of the three different areas it's very top of funnel um we do have a threat research team um so we have a team of people who are you know their their whole role is to produce really awesome threat research that not only informs our product strategy but it also informs obviously what we're able to publish in terms Mm -hmm. of that leadership um you know, custom content that nobody else has access to. And because we work in mobile security, which is, you know, a small corner of sort of the endpoint security space, but it has massive, massive implications, especially coming out of the era of COVID, we are able to produce really, really, critical threat research um, on topics and specifically, you know, threat groups or um, specific types of threats for mobile devices and mobile applications. Um, And that's really, you know, invaluable for our content strategy and our PR strategy overall. So that would be one thing. Um, Not everybody has that though. So I know that's not always really helpful. Number two, I would say a regular webinar program and making sure that they, that we've created a schedule of regular, topics that relate to mobile security where we're not doing an overt sales pitch necessarily but we're really looking to inform the community about what are the use cases um, what are the threats Um, related to mobile security. And because we work in both mobile device security as well as mobile application security, um, we try and balance out a topic on mobile device security with a topic on mobile application security. And then for the third month in each quarter, we also do a threat research topic. And so we've done a really good job of making sure that there is sort of a a general expectation of a cadence and the topics that we're gonna be covering. And we've Mm -hmm. actually generated quite a good community of regular registrations for our webinars. And we're, we're seeing some good leads and some good conversions from that activity. Awesome. Um, and then the third thing I would say is executive roundtable program. So in terms of in-person events, um, especially in the covid era it's really been hard to figure out what works anymore and what you know gets people out of their homes to actually come to an in person event and i am very very bullish on the in person executive roundtable where there's a dinner or some sort of hosted reception but you get to determine what the topic is although there's a third party moderator that's provided And you really just let people come to the table and discuss their challenges and their solutions and their questions about that topic of your choice, but not to interfere, but really to treat it as an opportunity to say, okay, what is it that you think are your actual expectations or your assumptions correct? How can we help to course correct you and also maybe surface some information you were not aware of? And then obviously create sort of that high touch engagement with an executive at an account of your choice.
0: Certainly. And I think yeah. it also provides you an opportunity to put your current clients in the same room with your prospects. So yeah. it, but while you're providing thought leadership on the problem, not pitching the solution, it, it's, it's a problem conversation not a product conversation. But this kind of enables your current clients to uh, implicitly
1: evangelize for
0: uh, you. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Uh, I only Which just, really works well in the security it's very, environment. It's very loaded. So <laughs> I think I, I like evangelize a lot better. Um, yeah
1: sure fair
0: enough great and so uh, i guess switching gears let's say you have a crystal ball you can see into the future um in the same vein what do you think you know six months from now 12 months from now as far as cybersecurity marketing is concerned what would be the top three things it could be the same things what would be the top three things that would kind of enable to get achieve results however you measure Mm -hmm. top line growth or pipeline or what have you, and what would you think would be the top three challenges? Whether maybe you can see them now or they're emerging, but 12 months from now, they'll be very, uh, very much top of mind
1: yeah um you know i think some of the challenges i'll just take those first some of the challenges that you know we're all continuing to face is this the nature of cybersecurity is that it's a very fractured landscape right there's so many point solutions that are addressing specific business challenges and it's really really tough to get everyone's attention to that specific category um and to those point solutions and that's going to continue obviously but it it does make it really difficult to get the mind shared, to get the attention, you know, it's tough. That's why when you see, you walk into the RSA trade show floor and you see everybody's talking about zero trust all at the same time and trying to align their solutions to zero trust in some way because that is at least the category that everybody has agreed is sort of a priority at this point in terms of how they execute it. That's another story, but, that sort of fractured nature of the cybersecurity landscape is going to be continuously sort of a challenge that we all have to figure out how to address in terms of figuring out how we get mindshare attention and we sort of, you know, surface the threats that we think are, are most concerning to an enterprise and how they think about addressing the the, the problems. Um, Number two, I mean, really the challenge is understanding where COVID has really left us in terms of what that marketing mix is, right? Um, You know, are we gonna go heavy on events with the hope and the assumption that people are gonna be returning to in-person events with a lot of, you know, excitement? Or are we gonna see those large traditional trade shows start to diminish in terms of their overall importance well, of the market? By more of a correction.
0: Well, it doesn't buy <laughs> Black Hat and RSA. I think that people are, were itching to get back uh, to kind of face-to-face kind of interaction. I mean, I, I attended yes. both and actually Black Hat for the first time, and I was very pleasantly surprised. Not, not to uh, kind of interject, but- No, uh,
1: no, I, it, no, I, I very- absolutely- Yeah, I think that that's true is that um, definitely people felt like there was a lot of excitement around those larger trade shows. I think some of the medium sized events or the more regional and industry related events maybe took a hit on attendance, Mm -hmm. actually. Um, And so it's interesting to try and figure out, I mean. The event vendor standpoint as well as for you know the cybersecurity marketer which are the right ones to be investing the time and the energy and the resources into and that's why you know it's funny but you know we're looking at the larger trade shows is definitely worth it and we'll be on the show floor at rsa and black hat and Gartner. Um, But then, you know, balancing that with those really high touch uh, executive roundtable programs, we're investing in the ones where we can actually sort of dictate what the topic is and help to select the moderator. But it's really the topic of our choosing as opposed to being thrown into the mix. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's the other whole conversation, which is. Do we take our entire, you know, program's budget and put 80% of that towards digital marketing because we think nobody wants to put pants on and leave their house, you know? Um, And there's definitely a lot of that discussion happening where people are wondering, you know, should we just double down on our digital advertising, our content syndication, our webinar programs, and make sure that we have a a healthy amount of digital assets content for people to do their research and evaluation and not have to talk, you know, face to face with a salesperson as well. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of, that's not exactly a prediction, but it's, you know, it's my opinion that it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how it sets oh, out big, in the next two years.
0: Yeah, it's a big question mark, right?
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. so, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. So, this was number two, number three,
1: and then number three, I would say, the challenges still exist for all of us, and I know there's going to be a lot of people nodding their heads, and you know. The general web of sphere after watching this but you know we have to get better at being able to report on our investments and especially in the current economic environment where there's a recession right there's always extra scrutiny on the ability to report on return on investment um and especially if you're trying to you know, pioneering a B M model, if you're trying to use intent data, if you're, you know, not getting a great sense for the quote unquote dark funnel and being able to yeah. attribute activity to influence on opportunities. Um, that is a challenge that will continue to exist. And, you know, we're all trying to solve for that. So I would say that's going to continue to be there. Um, then in terms of predictions, I'm not great at predictions, but um, yeah, I think you know it'll be interesting because we haven't seen necessarily something of on the level of the WannaCry or the SolarWinds happen recently. So <laughs> unfortunately, you know I don't like to predict those kinds of things, but I imagine there's going to be um, some larger, wider-spanning threat that you know regains the attention and highlights another area of the overall attack surface that we all need to be focusing our efforts on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it just feels a little bit like we're we're due for another one of those at this point. Um, so I would say that that's probably something that we can all. Look forward to responding and and get our rapid response plans uh cleaned up and tightened up so that we're ready to uh to seize that opportunity when it comes
0: certainly and uh so and that's kind of along along the lines of what the the three things that will be enablers and and kind of the, the some of the pathways to uh to achieving results is it basically capitalizing on on real time events uh, is is that what is mm-hmm. I see. I understand.
1: Yeah. No. Exactly. I mean, capitalizing on real-time events, and and you know, we're we're guilty of this as much as anybody. But everybody has to get to the point where we're no longer talking about how COVID is such a catalyst for you know digital transformation, and then the reality of of what the the new environment of remote work has introduced in terms of threats to the attack surface. Um, We have to start just talking about what's the next thing. So now that we are such a largely remote and all these enterprises and organizations all over the world are trying to figure out how to enable their employees in a remote work environment, or even Mm -hmm. just two days hybrid, we have to figure out what's next. So what are we talking about now? It's not just the post-COVID thing, but it's actually what is the next way that we're all talking about securing the new environment and the opportunities that exist in that? Because obviously it seems that a majority of organizations are going to be doing this and, and sort of investigating this strategy for a long time coming.
0: Certainly, certainly. That's great. Uh, that's, that's really, very really good. I, kind of switching gears a little bit, I. I know at some organizations the relationship between sales and marketing is uh, could be somewhat con, con, uh, contentious. Contentious, and, yeah. Well, it's it's uh, the marketing feels that the uh, to borrow the quote from Mark Roberts, uh, who used to be a chief revenue officer, I think at HubSpot, he has a very uh, poignant quote about. <laughs> Um, marketing feeling that sales are often overpaid brats and uh, sales thinking of marketing do know arts and crafts all day. That's, that's kind of quote, quote unquote what he says, but I know it's, yeah. it's not true for uh, uh, a lot of companies. And I know uh, uh, there is a lot of kind of very highly aligned uh, uh, organizations that kind of um, rowing in the same direction, but from kind of, for your perspective, what has worked mm-hmm. for you in kind of building relationships with sales teams that it's, uh rewarding and and uh, i guess peaceful and and peaceful what 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 is yeah. it for you
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, the movement towards ABM and if you're doing ABM right, it's not just about investing in a technology platform, but it's actually the sales and marketing teams working really, really closely together in alignment on what's it going to take to penetrate this buying team at this account, right? And so that creates and it fosters more of a teamwork attitude than, you know, lobbing leads over the wall and then blaming sales for not having followed up on them. Um, which has been really the traditional landscape we've all been operating in. Um, So I would say like, if you're actually doing ABM right at your company and if the sales and marketing teams are really collaborating on what are the events, what's the content, what's the hook, like what are the use cases and what's the messaging and the program design that really helps to penetrate these target accounts, what's the technology? Does sales have what they need in order to actually get the attention of the the folks on the buying team? Then that, I mean, it automatically creates a much more collaborative, mutually respectful environment where each of them sees what the members of the sales or marketing team is bringing to the table in, mm-hmm. in those efforts. Um, I would say that. And then B, I would say, honestly, centering um, Ops under revenue ops, which is a blended team, right, of sales, if you have customer, customer marketing, partner marketing, or any of those ops, sales ops, partner ops, customer ops, and marketing ops, all under sort of a centralized revenue ops team where everyone has to work together and understand what the implications of the data they hold on the systems they own and they manage has to do with what everyone else is doing that also can really, really help because then if everybody sees that the ops, the data, the, you know, signaling that's coming out of there is benefiting everybody's efforts on a daily basis, it also can engender that really much more collaborative environment as
0: Certainly, well. Because it gives you in, uh, obvious insight, it's clear what's happening, and it just avoids finger pointing and, and shifting, shifting the yeah. blank. And also, you mentioned pre- uh, before, you, men- you mentioned that um, measuring return on investment is, is critical, which kind of mm-hmm. incentives and uh, actions really and plans along that. It's both teams are kind of looking at the same uh, star kind of to, to align uh, align the efforts. So I think I imagine it's probably also very helpful. Uh, that's yeah. great. It's, um, uh, it's it's interesting that you mentioned dark funnel, I think, uh, but I, I, I hear it more and more being popularized. Um, Make uh, yeah. popular by uh, some of the Chris agencies. Walker. Chris Walker. <laughs> I was going to say it's it's interesting that you called yep. him. Uh, that's exactly how I was thinking about. And he basically said that uh, a lot of marketers still see themselves as uh, uh, lead generators, but it really should be about demand, which is kind of a lot more upstream. And he's kind of mm-hmm. a big proponent on things that is, are not if. If you look at attribution, it's all Google Google Ads, but it's really the last stop. I and mean, the first stop could be a conversation in the hallway, a private message on Slack, someone meeting yeah. uh, peers over over coffee or, or dinner. Which is mm-hmm. I don't even know if it could if it could be measured ever, right? It's it's really kind of in the private eye. But what yeah. are your thoughts on kind of incorporating some of that thinking into how you think about uh, your top level strategy and maybe some of the plans for 2023?
1: Yeah, you know, that's a really, really tough one because I, as bullish as I am on attribution systems, and actually Chris Walker is not always super bullish on attribution.
0: Systems, well, he's talking about um, self-attribution, right? So tell people how did you, yeah. uh, what started your journey and then how do you end up,
1: right. up here? Yeah, it's just, I, I think that we all have to accept that there's, it's always going to be a, somewhat of an inexact system of measurement, Um, I like thinking about every touch point as, you know, a proportion of overall influence, but understanding that they're, you know, if you're doing it right for top of funnel, for brand awareness, for category awareness, and you're just generating enough content to help educate the market on, you know, what your category means, why it's important and what, you know, what role your solution is playing in that overall category, You know, you have to accept that there's going to be conversations that are going on way beyond your ability to measure it at the top of funnel, but that downstream, you'll be able to measure where that was coming from. I think self-reporting, you know, is good to a certain point, but I think a lot of people are probably like, I don't know, you know, when I think about the last three software platforms that I brought into any company, I could not tell you the first time I heard about it or how, you know, because I'm not necessarily all that conscious of the things that are always influencing my behavior, whether it's, you know, an online ad on LinkedIn, or was it, you know, an email that I received that I subsequently deleted really quickly because it was an unsolicited email amongst 75 that I received received that day but still the name got logged in my brain you know we have to accept that to a certain extent it will be inexact um, at a certain level but we have to measure what we can measure we have to be you know aware that we need to ask the questions and that you know where did you first hear about us or what has been kind of the biggest aspect of the sales process that made that has made the biggest impact on you Mm -hmm. um and and be able to ask sort of those anecdotal questions and and gather that data that way. Now, whether or not that goes somewhere where somebody's regularly reviewing it and making new decisions about the strategic choices in your overall like marketing toolkit, I, that's a whole nother question. Um, because I'm not a fan of just gathering data for the, you know, just the sake of gathering data. I want it to be actionable, and I want there to be a system and hopefully automation to do that. But it's not always possible. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Uh, that's that's very interesting and, and uh, certainly certainly actionable. I I know coming up on time, uh, Jessica. When, what's what's the best way to connect? Uh, are you mostly LinkedIn, Twitter? If people want to reach out. Uh, Yeah, LinkedIn
1: is usually, yeah, that's the best spot for me. So you can find me at LinkedIn, Jessica Vost, and I'm at Zimperium. That's the easiest way to connect with me. And I'm generally pretty good about responding to any connection requests or messages. Um, But I'm always happy to talk shop about demand gen strategies, event strategies, attribution modeling, um, anything. Um, And certainly, again, would definitely encourage folks to Join the Cybersecurity Marketing Society. It's a it's a really great uh, community of professionals who are all there to help each other.
0: Absolutely, Jessica. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.